Little Girl Lost, The Unsolved Murder of Leanne Holland, Episode 10. Last time... I swear to God, I swear on the well-being of my family now, I did not kill Leanne Holland, and I am prepared, if it's fruitful and if there's fruit in the determination of a lie detector, I will take one, and I challenge Graham Stafford to do the same. But let's see. The challenge is out there, Mr Stafford. I'll do the lie detector first. You follow me into the seat and we'll see who's telling lies. The results of this test show that his physiological responses are consistent with those of somebody who is telling the truth. I did not kill Leanne Holland, and I am prepared, if it's fruitful and if there's fruit in the determination of a lie detector... I will take one, and I challenge Graham Stafford to do the same. <laughs> challenge? Mr Stafford, I'll do the lie detector first. You follow me into the seat and we'll see who's telling lies. Would you take a lie detector test? I would. Right now? Right now? Joe. After speaking with his lawyer, Graham Stafford did agree to undertake a lie detector test. You'll commit to that? I'll commit to that. I will do the polygraph. But not now, and not with us. He chose and paid for the operator himself. Yeah, I've got no problem. The test was carried out at a time and date suitable to him, and without the presence of our recording equipment. To the critical issue, did he kill Leanne Holland, there were three possible results. Guilty, not guilty, or inconclusive. The polygraph test was completed and the results independently analysed. Stafford neither passed nor failed. The result was inconclusive. And this is why the result was inconclusive. There appears to be a level of deception in Stafford's responses, in that his own examiner has identified that he used possible countermeasures to affect the outcome of his polygraph examination. You may recall the response of Stafford's longtime supporter, Graham Crowley after he'd read the executive summary of the police review into the case. Yeah, well, the evidence is compelling that he, that he, did, he did kill Leanne Holland. Mm. Very compelling. On the summary. Yeah, and I, and I'm, I'm basing that, that the, assuming that the summary is an, an accurate reflection of the contents of the report. So, yeah. You're changing your mind. Is that easy for you to do? Not particularly. What do you think? Well, since then, Graham Crowley has changed his mind again. In an email to Channel 7, he restates his position. This isn't his voice. Thank you for increasing the public profile of this very important case. 
As stated at interview, the 10-page executive summary is a damning indictment of Graham Stafford's guilt, if it is an accurate reflection of the 600-page report. My advice is that it is not an accurate interpretation and a more correct title may perhaps be Selective Summary. So the debate rages on. Did Graham Stafford murder Leanne Holland or was he an innocent victim of something more sinister? The law courts are the appropriate forum to test the evidence for and against Mr Stafford. It has always been my position that Graham Stafford should be retried for murder. More recently, and due to the considerable nefarious allegations surrounding this whole sordid matter, I have formed the opinion a coroner's inquest would be more appropriate. Until the matter has been properly resolved, I believe Graham Stafford has suffered the ultimate miscarriage of justice. The Queensland Government has already rejected a request by Graham Stafford for a coroner's inquest, citing not in the public interest. I think your program will confirm the need for an inquest and I would beg Channel 7 to call on the Queensland Government, Queensland Police Service and DPP to hold an inquest into the death of Leanne Holland. So far, the Queensland Government has refused to hold a coronial inquest or a retrial into Leanne's murder. However, the case has been before the courts again. Stafford and his lawyers are applying for access to the full police review of the case. This podcast and Channel 7 have been mentioned in the proceedings. There's been no decision yet. As for Graham Stafford, he continues to share his story. Okay, welcome students to CRM 203, your week 10 lecture. And this week's topic is wrongful conviction. We're very fortunate to have with us this evening Graeme Stafford, who's going to talk to you about his experiences with the criminal justice system uh, in relation to a wrongful conviction of murder. So would you please join me in welcoming Graeme tonight. Thanks, guys. As um, Mary said, um, I'm Graeme. Um, I served... Uh, 14 years inside uh, jail for a crime I didn't commit. During one of his public speaking events early last year, Stafford told students at Bond University he'll never give up the fight to clear his name. I want a full stop on this. I want justice for Leanne. Um, And then, obviously, I would like to uh, then be compensated. Uh, I would like to uh, repay my parents. Um, Graham Crowley, who um, wrote the book, he spent 40000 of his own money on this because he believed in it so strongly. I would like to be able to repay them. Um, but uh, it's, it's certainly not at the forefront. It's not what I'm about. You know. Since his release from jail, Stafford says he's been diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. Sometimes small events can trigger an extreme response. An idea. A couple of years ago, um, I was shopping... Uh, in my local JB Hi-Fi store and a father um, lost his young daughter. I could hear, hear the fear in his voice when he realised he couldn't find her. This lasted for several minutes but it felt much longer. That's when I rang my mother to come and get me. I said, I'm not leaving here until they find her. I was a grown man in my late 40s, crying for my mum. As it turned out, the girl had only 
wandered into the store next door. But the wave of fear that came over me is one only few could understand. As a result of being bashed in jail, he still suffers migraines and headaches and says he has calcium spurs in his neck. For the most part, though, he's happy. Despite my ordeal, I now feel settled and I'm finally enjoying life. And I owe a large part of that to my partner, Jackie. When yet another of life's strange twists was a family friend and a defence witness when my saga began. I have my family around me again, and we, while we will never be the same as we once were, we at least have the opportunity to rebuild our lives. I have a great job, a very strong support network of both friend, friends, both old and new, and continue to be overwhelmed by the support of complete strangers who often stop me in the street. It is this support that has made me determined to help others in similar situations. I hope this talk has enlightened you to give and given you an insight into our justice system and its occasional failings. Uh, can you thank Graham for speaking to you tonight? Certainly this is a, uh, a very uh, sensitive topic, close to his heart, so we really appreciate him spending this time and sharing his experiences with you. And hopefully you've gained a lot out of hearing from him. So let's just congratulate him for coming. If you have any um, anything that you've forgotten to ask, just um, send me a message on Facebook. Yeah. I'm on there occasionally, aren't I? I'm really here to talk to you about the case um, and about um, the the facts of the case. Stafford's lawyer, Joe Crowley, decided to address the issues raised by the review in a public information session at a local library. Channel Seven was invited along. Now, there's a saying in the criminal law, there's always a better way to commit a murder. So, yes, of course, you would take any kind of murder that's committed, you could identify a series of mistakes and say, well, they should have done it better, they could have done X, Y and Z. So, of course, you can always point out some uh, ways that the murderer should have gone about it in a more sensible way. But these, what I call improbabilities, really... Joe Crowley stands by his belief that Stafford could not have murdered Leanne Holland, despite the new evidence contained in the police review. There was no blood found on Graham Stafford's clothes, despite the fact that the air prosecution evidence was he wore the same clothes all day. The alleged lies, so there was a number of lies that Graham had allegedly told by the police. So in the, in the petition in 19, in the 2007 petition, we went through and analysed each of these alleged lies. And we demonstrated that uh, they didn't meet the legal test for a lie. So there's a very, there's a, there's a very particular test for what something has to be for a lie. They were either completely irrelevant to anything, like whether Graham put the bin out that night or not, which was irrelevant to the story of whether there'd been a murder in the house, or um, were mistakes, honest mistakes that had been made by Graham in his explanations to police, which he had then corrected and told the police, oh, when I said that, sorry, I was mistaken. In fact, it occurred like this. Um, and then we indicated that really the others weren't lies. They're were actually just uh, differences in evidence. So if person A says the car's red and person B says the car's blue, that doesn't mean that person A is lying. It just means that they recall things differently. So different evidence from different witnesses doesn't amount to a lie. So we just pointed that out as well. Tell them not to open their mouth till they get a lawyer. And, and what of those who've stood beside Stafford every step of the way? His mum, Jean, wishes she could turn back time to keep Leanne safe. You'd change a lot with hindsight in this case, oh, wouldn't you? Definitely. I definitely would.
And we're not the only ones. There's other people too. No, it does happen. Primarily, you'd go and grab that little girl and give her a chance. Oh, I would, I would, I would. Uh, look, I thought, uh, it's really odd. I feel like she's mine now. You know, you feel like your kids are your kids. I feel, I've known that much about her since, and all that's happened to her, I feel like she's mine, and I feel like I would like to put my arms around her and grab her away from whoever did this because it's such a terrible thing to happen to anybody. But to a girl, a little girl, that's dreadful. She needed saving, Leanne, didn't she? Oh, definitely. And, you know, if I did, if I thought for a minute that Graham had done it, um, there's no way I'd be fighting for him. Not on a, a thing like that. I'm going to die soon, but I'm going to go fighting. Bluey, the jury foreman who convicted Stafford and later had a change of heart, is now battling ill health. He wants the police review of the case released before he dies. Do you hope that you could finally see this review that might put it all in the right place? <laughs> I'd give him the other leg. It's just not right what, what's happened to him. If it's just some public servants to say, oh no, that's our decision. Nah, it's not right. For all of Stafford's supporters, and there is quite an online community, there are also detractors. While filming was underway for Seven's murder uncovered, Stafford was heckled upon his return to the Holland family's former Goodner home. It's a bit hard to hear, but a member of the public yells the word parasite in Stafford's direction. Bob always been pink. This is my internet troll. I have had one internet troll in all these years, and um, I think he was three year old at the time when it happened. He sent me a um, thing the other week saying that I didn't, wasn't doing enough to um, protest my innocence, which I found laughable. Yeah. But anyway, he um, yeah, couldn't argue the. Uh, the technical stuff, so I just left him be. The heckler was Mike Falvey, the son of Peter Falvey, who runs the pub across the road and is a close friend of the Holland family. If we bought the house... Peter would like to buy the property at 70A Alice Street and knock the house down. But every time you look at it, it's a Holland's house, and that's where Leanne was murdered. So, yeah, we'd like to knock down the house. It is a horrible reminder for him of what happened, a horrible reminder of Leanne's murder. In Goodna, the suburb where Leanne Holland lived, there's now a memorial park that bears her name. But the kids who come to play there are all too young to know who she was. As mentioned in earlier episodes, Leanne's father Terry and her brother Craig have died in the years since her murder. Her sister Melissa still lives in Queensland and by all accounts is happy with a good job and a loving family. She's never spoken publicly about Leanne's murder and has never been in touch with Graham Stafford since his arrest. The extended Holland family has made it their mission to shield Melissa from the media glare and the torment of the case. 
While they've moved on with their lives, they will never forget. They still want justice for their girl. And what of Leanne? Had she lived, she'd now be approaching her 39th birthday. Perhaps she would have become a singer and dancer, another Kylie Minogue like she dreamed. Perhaps not. Maybe she would have travelled the world, worked, studied, bought a house, married, become a mum. No one will ever know. Leanne and her family were robbed of that. What is certain is that she would have grown up as a much-loved daughter, sister, niece, cousin, friend, and eventually become an aunt. To those who never knew her, she'll forever be the blue-eyed girl with blonde wavy hair staring from a photograph. Not quite a teenager when her life was cruelly snatched away. Just an image a memory. But she deserves more than that. If you have any information about Leanne Holland's killer, please come forward. Contact Crime Stoppers on 1800 333 000. That was the final episode of Little Girl Lost, although if there's a breakthrough in the Leanne Holland case, we'll let you know. We're already planning our next podcast, so please remain subscribed so we can let you know the details. Thanks for listening, and we've been overwhelmed by your interest. This podcast series is produced by Paula Donovan, Laura Dimmick, and Sally Eels. Sound design by Mark Wright. Some interviews by Michael Usher and the team from Seven's Murder Uncovered, executive producer Mark Llewellyn. Voiceover by Rex Clark and Paula Donovan. Music touched by Mattia Capelli at mattiacapelli.weebly.com. Little Girl Lost, the unsolved murder of Leanne Holland, is a production of Seven News Brisbane.